Right. Welcome to the chosen generation. I'm probably going to do something with these light bulbs here or something like that. I don't know. Maybe in the future, maybe we can get that put on a separate switch, maybe. I don't know. Oh, Got to figure that out. So you could do that? Yeah. We can talk about that. Okay. All right. Orlando, I love you, man. I appreciate right. you. Love you, guys. Bless you. <clears throat> um, we're going to begin to talk about something new today and probably through the rest of the year and maybe even into next year a little bit. And it's not a study that I could take credit for, <clears throat> but um, a gentleman named Paul Washer, he has always talked about how the attributes of God are so important for every Christian to know, the characteristics of God. Very important for a Christian to know because you're serving this God. You're surrendering your life to this God. You are representing this God in everything that you do. At least that's what I'm preaching. That's what I'm telling you to do. That's what the Bible tells us to do, to lay down our lives and follow after him. We need to know who we're doing this for, right? We don't want to just be following just anybody. We need to really know. We need to know. Not who people says, not any of that craziness. We need to understand who our God is, okay? So the attributes of God are very important. His characteristics, how the scriptures define him. The scriptures are his inspired word. So basically how he defines himself, okay? So today, we're going to talk about God is one. Actually, we're going to talk about God is one today, and we're going to move into uh, a different lesson. I'm not going to get ahead of myself next week. But God is one, okay? It is the testimony of the scriptures. I mean, it's the truth. It's, the, it's, it's what the scriptures declare is that there is only one true God, okay? One true God, that's it. You guys are going to learn today that God is one. This is often referred to as, just to give you guys, for, for those of you who like to be taught, like to use big words, monotheism. The Greek word mono means one. Theos means God. Monotheism. Okay? The belief in more than one God is called polytheism. Okay? Poly means many in Greek. Okay? So we got monotheism and polytheism. All right? I'm not going to get too deep, but it's important that you understand this. The Christian faith is monotheistic, okay? You, are, you call yourself a Christian. You guys call yourself Christians, right? You have to understand that the faith that you're representing, representing Jesus Christ, a belief in God, I believe the faith, the Christian faith is monotheistic. There's one God that we serve. There's one God that we believe in, okay? So, God is one. Deuteronomy 6.4, the word of the Lord says, and Lene's probably going to be, trying to put up scriptures if she can. I, I didn't give her a list, so it won't be her fault if it doesn't make it up. But if it does, it's going to be the New King James. I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard. They're very, very similar. <coughs> Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Okay? All scriptures given by inspiration of God. This is a perfect declaration. There's no red lines in between. There's no room for interpretation. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Pretty clear, right? That's what Deuteronomy 6.4 says. Many claims are made today by people everywhere about who God is. There's many different false religions. There's false teachers. Many of the religions preach that 
this is their God. Other religions preach that, no, this is God. No, no, no. You're serving this Christian God, but this is who God really is. This is the false confusion. This is the confusion that's going around everywhere. And then some religions teach that there's more than one God. And if you want to get into Mormonism, Mormonism teaches that you can be a God whenever you get to heaven and have a bunch of little God babies. I know it sounds deep, but that is what their religion teaches. They probably don't even know that their religion teaches it because they're not really a dedicated Mormon. They're going because their mom's bringing them. I'm talking about people you might know. Okay? But in reality, the Mormon religion believes that you can be a god. That is her heresy. It's heretical, which means it's not true. It doesn't go with scripture. If someone tells you that, you tell them, look, that's not Christianity. That's not the god that I serve. God is one. Okay? So we have to understand that we must go to the word of God to, to make a conclusion of who God says that he is. Okay, you're saying God is this. You're saying God is Buddha. You're saying God is Muhammad. You're saying, or, or not Muhammad, Muhammad was the prophet or whatever, but whoever the heck the, the, the Muslim God is, uh, Allah. Um, you're saying God is all these different people, but I'm not going to listen to you because you're just trying to confuse me, okay? If you want to help somebody, learn their religion, study it, but make sure you're rooted in your own. Don't be willing to budge. Know who you know. Know who you serve. Know who you love. Know who loved you first. Know who called you out of darkness. Understand what you believe, and then you can learn their religion just so you can teach them how they are being deceived. Okay? Does it sound arrogant? Well, you need to be arrogant because you're serving God. There's no room for error. There's no room for you to say, I'm confused, or I think I believe this. You need to be sure of what you believe in the Christian faith. Because when you get confused, what happens? You either don't serve with all your heart, or you get led astray. And people who are led astray can be led into darkness, can be led into backsliding, can be led into all types of different sin because sin has no bounds. And the devil is, is here to steal, kill, and destroy. He's seeking to devour you. He wants your soul. Okay? This is reality. What's up, Brother Nate? Um, so understand that we serve... A God who is God all by himself. Okay? I have a co-worker who says, he believes in God. Said, okay, you believe in God. That's great. So what church you go to? Oh, I don't go to church. I hate the church. What do you mean you hate the church? Oh, because they were... I used to bring my grandma to church. This is a true story. I used to bring my grandma... This is a grown man, too. Uh, probably well in, into his uh, in, into his fifties. I used to bring my grandma to church, and they would pass the offering plate, and they would put their monies or tithes or offering inside that offering plate. And then one time they told her that they called her aside, and and and, and now you know, for, forgive me if I don't get every detail correct, but this is how I remember the story. They called my grandma aside, and they told her that she wasn't paying her tithes, and she needed to pay her tithes. Or else, that she, you know, she would be kicked out of the church or, or, or something similar to that. So he got real bitter in his heart. And now he has his own view of what God is and who God is. He would say, you believe in the Mormon God. You believe in the Muslim God. You believe in whatever God you believe in. I believe in God. We're all going to heaven. It doesn't matter because we all serve God. And that is heretical. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that God is a jealous God. You should not have no other gods before him. That will not get anybody saved if you preach that gospel to somebody. 
does does it say in the Bible that je- God is a jealous God? Because jealousy is not a really good, you know, like feeling to feel. It does say that, but I believe, and I didn't look up the Hebrew word for it. I don't know if it has a different meaning. Uh, and it was just translated as the word jealousy. So I would have to do a further study on it. But I do know this. I know that our God is without error. I know that he's perfect. I know that he's loving. I know that he doesn't make mistakes because that's his nature. He's divinity. He's divine. We're humanity. He wasn't born into sin. He was never even created. He always has been. He doesn't depend on anybody for his existence. Okay? So if he is jealous, I'm sure it's a righteous jealousy, if that's even possible. Like I said, I have to look up that word. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take your graphs and your understanding of what jealousy is and apply it to how God's being jealous is, okay? Because the way that we see jealousy, yeah, we, should, we shouldn't be jealous. But think of it in this manner. I have a son who's four years old. And if he, and this is just my own, my own little twist to, 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 uh, to, to that, what you, what you asked. My son is four years old. And I love him. I love him so much that I get happy when I come home from work and he comes and gives me a hug and it's, Daddy! And I got the little one going, Dad, 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 Dad. You know, he's freaking out too. And it's just, it's just awesome when I come home from work because they're happy to see me. It makes me feel like they're a hero. If my son were to one day stop doing that and I were to walk in with another individual and he would go to that individual, okay, one time it would be like, okay. But if I did that for like a month and every time I walked through the door with this other individual, be it a friend or whoever, a cousin, a brother, I don't know, if he were to run up and give them hugs and just really love on them the way he loves on me whenever I come home, I would begin to feel a little bit of jealousy. And I would be heartbroken that my son was not seeing me as his daddy anymore. He was all over this one, almost as if though he forgot about me. And I, and I, would, I would be able to use the terminology, I'm jealous of, of what you're giving him. I'm jealous of what you're offering him. I loved you. I pulled you out of darkness. I called you out of darkness. I created you. You're supposed to be loving me. You're supposed to be giving me your time, your energy, your, your devotion, your mind. Your love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul. You're supposed to be devoted to me wholeheartedly. You know, so that's, that's what God is saying to us, I believe. So um, know that God is one. Now, I am going to say this, and I don't want to lose anyone. I know this is a little bit deep, but I have to say it because it's going to be part of next week's message. But I'll continue after that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. It is important to understand that that word one, O-N-E, one, comes from the Hebrew word echad. And I probably pronounced it wrong, E-C-H-A-D, which refers to a unity of more than one person. I know I'm getting deep, but it's important that I say this. That word one comes from Akkad, the Hebrew word, and it refers to unity of more than one person. Okay, as in Genesis 2.24 when we read the man and the woman, when they get married, they become one. It's a unity of more than one person. Okay, that's what that word Akkad means. Also in the book of Ezra, it says that um, the people gathered together as one man, talking about the children of Israel. It's the same word Akkad that's used. Okay, it's important because next week we're going to talk about the Trinity which all of you guys have heard about, you guys are probably eager to learn about. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Okay, That's next week's message. There are no other gods. God is one. There are no other gods. Understand that. This is scripture. This is biblical. These are the attributes of God that we must understand. 
Understand that God is one and understand there are no other gods. Nowhere in heaven, above, or on earth beneath. So when you go to heaven, there ain't going to be gods up there. Anywhere here on earth, there ain't no gods. You go as deep as you want, down below the earth, there are no other gods. Okay? Deuteronomy 4.39. The word of the Lord says, again, I'm reading the New American Standard. This is the New King James Version. Know therefore today and take it to your heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other God. What is the Bible? Anybody? God's word. Okay? Listen to that. The Bible is God's word. Do not take that lightly. The Bible is God's word. Many of us say, oh, I just want God to speak to me. If God were to just to come down here and just speak to me and just show me something, then I would serve him wholeheartedly. That is his word. It is inspired by his spirit. That is his word. You want to know more about God? You want God to talk to you? That's his word. He will speak to you through it, I promise you, because it's his word. And he's a perfect God, and he's a loving God. He didn't leave us all by ourselves. He made sure that that word was there, and the Spirit of God can guide you as you read it because the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. But know, therefore, today, and take it to heart that the Lord, he is, he is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other God. Right away, you have just gotten rid of so many problems for yourself, especially for those who talk about the Lord. Why? Because a lot of times when you talk to people, they'll tell you, oh, well, that God, God of Christianity, he's whack. Or that's just a false belief there. Oh, that book was written just to control a whole group of people. Um, trying to think of some other ones I've heard. Um, if y'all got some, shout them out. Um, that was, the book was written by man. It was written by man. That God's not even real. You're devoted to him, and he's not even real. Um, just like the co-worker of mine said, I serve this guy, you serve that guy. We're all the same. You got one? God is an alien. You're serving a God of that Bible? God's really an alien. He told me. Matter of fact, there is a religion called Raelians. It is, it is true. Go on calm.org if you want to do... Listen, let me tell you what apologetics are. This is a little bit off topic. But some of you might be interested in this. It fascinates me, to be honest with you. And I, I, it just shows me how much work there is to do for the Lord. Apologetics is defending the Christian faith. There is a gentleman named Matt Slick. That's his real name. He'll tell you all the time. It's funny on his radio show. His last name really is Slick. So his name's Matt Slick. He has devoted years, his whole lifetime, to apologetics, defending the Christian faith. So what he does is he gets all the information he knows about Mormonism. All the information he knows about Jehovah's Witnesses and all these other crazy beliefs like Raelians, and he studies them and he understands them. He gets all the facts about these religions and he's got them put on this one website called karm.org. So if you know a Jehovah's Witness that comes to your door all the time and you always send them packing and you're like, man, next time he comes, I want to be able to defend my Christian faith. I want him to see that what he believes is wrong and he's deceived and if he continues to believe that, he's going to go straight to hell apart from God for eternity. I don't want that for him. I love him. I want him to know God. I want him to serve God. Go to karm.org, look up Jehovah's Witnesses, and he'll have a whole abundance of information from the start of the religion to the present day. Um, 
Apologetics is, is fascinating to me because there's so many people who believe so many different things and so many religions who teach so many different things that are contrary to the Word of God. And none of them are true besides the Word of God. It is infallible. Oh, you're narrow-minded. You're not open-minded. You're so narrow-minded, Pastor Chad. How can you say that what you believe is the truth? And what everybody else believes is false. Because no other religion has a savior. Jesus Christ died for humanity so that you could have a relationship with God. Because you were born into sin. If you don't think you're born into sin, just think about your thought process. I don't need to tell you what your thought process is. Think about people you've been angry with. Think about people you felt like beating down for the boys out there. I know the girls are like, whoa. Okay? Think about all the times that you've wronged your parents. All the times you've been deceitful about things that you said you've done, but really you didn't do it. Or you tried to hide something. Think about if you've stolen anything. Think about if you've ever told a lie. That's just evidence that our hearts are sinful. We are sinful people. And Jesus died for us, for us to have a relationship with God. And God ordained all of this to happen and made sure that there was a way for us to be in fellowship with him. Because he didn't want us to be separated for eternity. Know your God, the God of the scriptures. Isaiah 43.10, you are my witness, declares the Lord, and my servants, whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and after me, and there will be none after me. Never before God nor after God. God always has been. Nobody said, let me thank this God into creation. God spoke the whole world into existence. He formed the earth. He formed the stars, the moon. He told the moon where it was going to be. He did all of this, and no one told God what to do. He just decided to do it. If we were a little bit closer to the sun, we would, we would melt. If we were a little further away, we would freeze to death, right? God is wonderful. God is amazing. There were no other gods before him. There will be no other gods after him. We serve a God who is one, and he's God all by himself. According to the scriptures. How should we live knowing that the God of the scriptures is the one true God? How should we live? Put nothing before God. Do you really believe that this God that you serve is the God of the scriptures? I just want him to talk to me. I just want him to show me a sign. Whatever. The rich man of Lazarus, that story in the book of Luke. Whatever. The rich man died who had everything here on earth. Whenever he died and he went to Abraham's bosom and he was waiting for the return of Christ so that he could be sentenced there for eternity. Whenever he was down there in Abraham's bosom, Lazarus came down. And he was with Abraham. And there was a big gulf separating the people in torment. The rich man... It was that big gulf between Abraham and all of the other people that were there with Abraham. And the rich man said, It's hot. Send Lazarus over here to dip his finger down and touch my tongue. Because I'm hot. I'm burning. I'm suffering. Help me, Abraham. 
Even if I wanted to, there's a big gulf separating us. I can't do that. Well, then just send them back to talk to my family so that they don't come to a place like this. They need to hear. They need to be warned. Abraham said they have the prophets. They have Moses. They're not going to believe them. They're not going to believe if one rises from the dead. Lo and behold, Jesus dies for them, for all his family that he wanted Lazarus to go back and talk to. And he rose from the dead. Why do we have so many people now that don't believe? Because what Abraham said was true. You want someone to come back from the dead? You want, you want me to send a sign? If they're not going to believe, it's because they don't want to believe. Are you someone who doesn't want to believe? Okay, well, maybe you do want to believe. Well, if you do want to believe, open up the scripture. If you want God to talk to you, open up his word. You have to be committed to him to know him. You have to be. How can you know someone you're not committed to? And why would you go anywhere else besides the word to know about the one and only true living God who says that all scripture is given by inspiration of him? Why would I go to Alex to find out about Ryan? I wouldn't do it. You don't even know Ryan, do you? Why would I go to him to find out about you? So why are we turning to newspapers and blogs and other people to find out who God is? Why? It doesn't even make sense. And we wonder why Christianity is the way that it is today. Well, you can't tell the difference between Christians and heathens. How do we tell the difference between the lifestyle? Can someone tell the difference between your lifestyle and someone who doesn't even know God? We have to go to the scriptures to learn about God, to know who God is, because it is the only thing that is without error. Are you a sinner by nature? You love Jesus, and I thank God for that, and I thank God that God has made you a new creation in him. But by nature, he is. He can't help it. It's out of his control, and so is every other person. The Bible is infallible. That means there is no errors in the Bible. It is truth from Genesis to Revelation. It is the best source for information about God. This is where we must go to learn about God. Put nothing before God. You must serve God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. What is before God? What do you spend more time doing? What do you spend more money on? Who do you talk to more? Pastor Robert said something that I'll never forget probably years ago. And it was a message he preached about God allotting people time. You've been allotted a certain amount of time. I don't know how much it is, and you don't know how much it is. So have you. So have I. So have you. And most likely, the chances of dying at the same exact second are so slim and so rare. The time that's been allotted to you and the time that's been allotted to me are different. You may live till you're 70. I may live till I'm 40. God has allotted each and every single one of us a certain amount of time. He has given us a certain amount of time. We don't know how much time we have. But we must use it wisely. That is our investment. People take their retirement money and they put it somewhere in an investment so that it can grow. 
Your investment is your time. God has given you a certain amount of time for you to serve him and glorify him. You would not be sitting here today if you were not created to worship God. I believe that in my heart. I do. Because there's many that aren't here today. You guys are a small minority of a population much larger in the city of Oviedo. Let alone this Seminole County or the state of Florida or the United States of America or the world. A small minority. But God has you here. Put nothing before God. Do not worship anything or anyone. We can't worship anything or anyone. Why would we do that? The only reason why we would do that is if we didn't believe in God. Exodus 20, 3 through 6. Bear with me, this is a little bit lengthy. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven or above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love and kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. I haven't talking. I haven't spoken to enough of you to understand if you guys desire to have children one day, and the far, far, far future. Understand that, all right? Don't get crazy on me. But don't be concerned with leaving a legacy of how great you are. Be concerned with how well you've shepherded your family to know God. Because, as the pastor who came here as a guest spoke, Pastor Glenn Wilson, I believe it was. He says that as he goes to church and his, family, his, his, his children come into the church and now he's got grandchildren that are running around in the church, he understands something. All of the hard years that it took, all of the laboring, all of the pain and suffering, all of the preaching, all of the teaching, all of the counseling that I've done as the pastor of this church, this is the fruit. If I would have allowed one attack of the enemy to lead me astray and stop this church, where would my son and daughter and grandchildren be serving the Lord? Things could have been much different. But they weren't, praise God. But that's what we have to be concerned with. We have to understand the spiritual battle that's taking place. We have to understand it, and we have to do it with all of our mind, heart, and soul. The Lord God, love the Lord with all your soul, mind, heart, and strength. We touched on that. Mark chapter 12, 28 through 30. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognized that he had answered them well and asked, What commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, The foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Does that sound familiar? Deuteronomy 6, 4. It's the first scripture we read. What is the greatest commandment, Jesus? I want to know. Because I want to be holy. I want to sit at your right hand. What is the greatest commandment, Jesus? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And he goes on to say, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. 
you believe that the Lord God is one and you believe that he exists, you believe that he called you out of darkness, worship him as one. Don't give anything or anyone more time. Don't give anything or anyone more energy. Don't give anything or anyone more passion. Do you get more excited about a new movie that's coming out than you do about opening the Bible? Do you get more excited about a new pair of shoes than you do about a prayer time with God? These are questions you have to ask yourself. Because God did not call you out of darkness for no reason. God did not separate you for himself for no reason. It's for a purpose. And you have a purpose in Christ. And that purpose, believe it or not, may not be the one that you jump and shout for joy about, but it's for you to deny yourself and follow after him. You'll be here for a short amount of time, I promise you. You think 80 years is long? Ask Moses how long 80 years is. 80 years is nowhere near a long time. I look back on my life 26 years, and I'm like, dang, 26 years, and I thought it was a long time to get out of high school. It seemed like time would never end, but I've been out of high school for eight years. My son, he was born, and now he's four years old. And I'm like, where did four years go? I guarantee you, if you ask Lene or any of your other parents, or any of your parents, and you say, do you remember whenever, you, whenever I was a baby? If Lene were to ask her mom, do you remember when I was a baby? Or you guys would ask your parents, do you remember when I was a baby? They would just be in awe of how quickly the time has passed. It's a light burden. It is a small task for you to say, God, I want to serve you and I want to dwell in eternity with you and I will give you all of my life just as you gave your life for me. I will give you everything that I have, all of my time, all of my energy, all of my passion, all of my desires. I will give them all to you for your glory. Have me, take me. It is a small task to do that. And one day it will all come to an end. And you have run the race, you have been faithful, and you will stand before God and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And there won't have to be a shadow of a doubt. You'll be able to say like Paul, imitate me as I imitate Christ. A lot of people might think that's arrogant or prideful today. That's what we would say. If Alex were to come to me, he'd say, um, well, you should do this because this is what I do. You would say, you're prideful, man. But Paul said it. Do what I do as I imitate Christ. That should be something we all long to say. Know your God. The attributes of God are what we're studying. Next week's the Trinity. God is one. I don't care what anyone tells you. The Bible says he, won, he is one, and that is more relevant of a source to me than any professor, any Ph.D., the President of the United States. I don't care. Hugo Chavez, whatever. Some doggone dictator, uh, dictator in Cuba or something like that. I thought it was Castro. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I'm not in Cuba, so I don't know. Just saying. Here's the thing. This is the source. Don't listen to anybody else unless you respect them and you know they're serving the Lord, like your bishop or hopefully your pastor. I know, but I let you make that determination if you trust me. I trust you. Hopefully, we all do.